You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Okay, so welcome back to the Crypto Canucks cast. All things cryptocurrency and blockchain. Episode 3 is with some guys from presearch.io, David and Colin. What is presearch, you might ask? Well, they're going to explain it, but it is an open, decentralized search engine that rewards community members with presearch tokens for usage, contribution, and promotion of the platform. We go into a little bit more detail in the interview, so check it out. And of course, let me know what you think. Hit me up, podcast at buns, that's B-U-N-Z, dot com. So here's my interview with research. Hey guys, hey Buns, welcome to another episode of our crypto show. I am here with the, is it fair to say creators of Presearch? Uh, they're nodding their heads for the listener at home. Uh, if you guys want to introduce yourself so people can get used to your voice. Yeah, sure. My name is Colin Pape. I'm the founder and project lead at Presearch. And I'm David Howitt. I am the team lead for business development. Awesome. Okay, so... I think the best place to start is probably an introduction into uh, what you guys do. Because for the most part, we've uh, so far been talking to people that are um, mainly currency based. But I, I mean, I think your project is, is definitely more than that. Um, and I'm not going to do it justice if I try and explain it. So I'll let you do it for me. Cool. Yeah. So uh, the concept for Presearch is basically a decentralized search engine, uh, search platform that is built by the community for the community. We kind of refer to it as the the people's search engine, and uh, something that has the transparency and uh, leverages open source technology that uh, is kind of lacking within the current search ecosystem. Awesome. Okay. I, I think the first obvious question, and I, I mean. To a lot of tech people, they're probably just going to say, why would you even ask this? But why do we need a decentralized search? I mean, I searched for, you know, just before we started, my microphone was broken and I was like, okay, new microphone in Google, new microphone popped up. I clicked on it. I bought it. So why do we want a decentralized search engine? Yeah. So I think, I think there's really, um, you know, there's technological decentralization and so that's part of what we're doing, but it's it's really more about kind of decentralization from a, a control and and power standpoint. And if you think about all of the systems within the world, uh, including all the governments, uh, the most centralized system is search, and it is the most influential at the same time because people do rely on it to find things that they're looking for. They put a lot of trust into it, and they kind of rely on the fact that it's going to provide the best uh, results and there are kind of lots of different uh, definitions of what is the best and 
Uh, currently, Google has 96% of the search market space, so it's extremely concentrated. Uh, if you're using it strictly as a consumer, you may not notice, but when you are a producer and you're operating within the ecosystem as a creator or somebody who is looking to connect with uh, potential users or uh, consumers, uh, that's really where you run into this massive centralization and it has the ability to make and break different services, prevent people from entering into different services, and it really limits the competitive landscape. And so we're kind of taking you know, a, a multi-pronged approach to it, but uh, our experience was kind of born from being marginalized within Google and seeing the need for an alternative and uh, something that is just more open, transparent, and where people kind of have some established ground rules that they can participate in. And so starting from the ground up with that in mind and with that ethos and putting that out there uh, into the world uh, and locking in on that versus, you know, Google, for instance, is so extremely powerful. They just really don't care what anything, you know, uh, kind of or what happens within the ecosystem to some degree. So, Right. And... <clears throat> I mean, I mean, I imagine as a consumer, even it's probably a little bit dangerous if that sort of thing is in the wrong hands, because you're only going to see mm -hmm. what they want you to see as opposed to what you actually want to see. You don't even know what you want to see. That's right. But you only know what they're what they're feeding you. And especially in the wake of all of this, like uh, Internet privacy business, it's probably a big fear when a company like Google has become synonymous with searching kind of like Kleenex or Q-tip or something. Yep. So how, um, how are you guys going to sort of differ from that? Like what, what makes me want to use pre-search? How is it going to be more fair? Sure. So, uh, yeah, for, from the, the privacy standpoint, the transparency, that is, you know, there's, there's a fairly significant demographic of people that are starting to become more aware and they're more concerned. So we're, we're taking a pretty strong approach to uh, protecting people's privacy, giving them choice and control over their data and how they access the platform, uh, giving them lots of ability to customize uh, the the output and so uh, rather than kind of this passive personalization approach that Google's taking where they kind of observe what you're doing which leads to them tracking you on you know all these different devices and across all these channels uh, ours is more about enabling you to specify your preferences and what you want to see which could include the results that you'll see as well as uh, potentially the different uh, demographics that you might want to support. So for instance, I want to support local businesses. I could put that in as a filter and then rather than get a whole bunch of results that are all big box stores or Amazon, I can get local businesses that are around me. Uh, and so, you know, there's, there's kind of that uh, approach to things. Uh, you know, we also reward people for searching. So uh, basically get paid to search. You can earn pre-search tokens when you switch to the interface. And then we're, we really are, have kind of been born from this, um, focus on web workers, people that are power users, people that are on the internet all the time, and people who want to basically be able to not just kind of get this one-size-fits-all vanilla search uh, output so they can go in and they can specify different resources that they might utilize. So maybe you're doing domain name lookups all the time, or if you're looking into any of the you know thousands of different resources on a regular basis, you can basically 
have those instead of uh, being, you know, multiple clicks away or you have to create this big bookmark menu or whatever, you can basically add them in as providers into the pre-search ecosystem and then deep search those resources directly from one search field. And it even works, for instance, with some Google apps more easily than Google. So if you want to have one click into, you know, Google Drive or into uh, any of the different Google resources, it's actually a faster way to access those as well. And because Google is really targeting just everybody, um, you know, their stuff is, is fairly generic. This enables you to be very specific. So it actually saves time and is more convenient. Well, so it sounds fairly robust and, uh, I mean, complex in a good way. Mm-hmm. Where was this idea born from? Because I can't imagine you just woke up one day and you were just like, I'm going to do all these crazy things, <laughs> right? So like, wh- where did you come up with the idea for pre-search? Yeah, so it, I mean, part part of it was from just this experience that we had through our other company, ShopCity.com, and we basically in 2011 we woke up one day and Google had like uh, demoted all of our sites. There was a penalty that was applied, and so we had a site, you know, for instance, that was online for uh, almost a dozen years, and you know, uh, all these local businesses participating. And you wake up one day, and and the site, even if you Google the name, is on page eight. And then, yeah, trying to kind of get through that uh, that incident where we had uh, to, to basically participate in a U.S. Senate uh, inquiry into uh, Google from an antitrust perspective with the FTC and with this lawyer uh, in order to really reach anybody and actually get any kind of result. We, we just kind of saw this like kind of creepy dark side of, of how much power they have and, and, you know, how there was really no like dispute resolution process. And so, so there was that. And then just, you know, being web workers ourselves, we're online, you know, 20 hours a day in some, some days and always kind of accessing these resources within our workflow and, and just finding it to be inconvenient. And then just realizing that, Hey, if we built this system as we did this in 2013, that if we, we made it, you know, just faster and easier to search those that it would have value. And then that product just becoming very sticky and, you know, lasting, standing the test of time over four or five years. And uh, yeah, just being very convenient that uh, there was an opportunity to kind of combine the two and then really, uh, you know, leverage the the crypto space and and, uh, really more than anything, just try to create a very thin wedge in user behavior. So you can actually still search Google through pre-search uh, which makes it, you know, very low switching costs. And, and so if we could start to kind of get some of that search behavior and search attention through the platform, then we could more easily uh, put in, you know, different services and enable people to access different things of their choice. Well, I imagine that most people are probably itching again on the first page of whatever search they're doing. Mm-hmm. So how do you prevent uh, what happened to you happening to somebody else? Is it democratized in some way? Yeah, there, there's so uh, there's really two phases of the, the project. So we launched a beta on November 9th. My birthday. Uh, oh, that's a great day. Yeah. Perfect. Amazing day. Fantastic. There, I knew there was a reason we picked November 9th. There you go. <laughs> and uh, uh, so between then and the beginning of May, we signed up about 13,000 beta testers. And then uh, between May and now, so June 5th, we're, we're up to over 150,000 beta users. Uh, and, and so on that platform, it was really about just leveraging existing s- search resources. So enabling people to search Google, DuckDuckGo, as well as about 85 different uh, providers that Amazon.com that can be uh, found within the system while we basically build out the search framework.
framework for kind of version two, which is a lot more complicated. There's a lot more involved. We're really trying to figure out the governance model, trying to figure out the spam prevention model, try to figure out, uh, you know, that dispute resolution model, and then have all of the technology kind of behind all those things. So, you know, we're looking at basically a, a just a, a fundamental, you know, paradigm shift from being a search engine and, hey, we deliver a search result where we say, hey, here is the best thing. Uh, and, you know, we're really determining relevance. We're really trying to bro provide more of a framework where other people can participate and other people can decide. So you may have, uh, you know, for instance, we've been speaking with the University of Waterloo. They have a, an awesome computer science uh, department. They have all these algorithms that they've created over the years that they've never really had a way to to monetize and to really get uh, large scale access to you know usage and and uh, so enable them to create an algorithm and then feed it into the system for usage and testing. Uh, enable subject matter experts to curate collections of of information that they have specialized knowledge around and uh, basically enable all these different participants within the ecosystem to get access to users and to then earn uh, tokens and basically share in the traffic and the monetization of the platform. So it's, it's really about creating that ecosystem. And so from kind of that, that spam prevention, uh, there's definitely a significant focus on user feedback. Uh, we're looking at different models like staking tokens and enabling people to basically establish reputation and trust by, you know, uh, staking uh, something of value. Uh, it could be, you know, our tokens. It could be other digital assets into the ecosystem so that they can basically establish something that uh, can be trusted and potentially that even could be lost. There's a model there where we could enable people to stake something and then if you know enough people kind of say, hey, this is spammy, that they might actually lose that asset. And so looking at all these different models, uh, it is all kind of new, uh, but we think that rather than take the approach that Google's taken, where they basically just say, oh yeah, you know, there's so many bad guys that we just have to hide everything from everybody. Uh, we think that there's a way to really solve it more by being open and establish those ground rules and uh, set a level playing field so that everybody can participate equally. It's kind of interesting then, you know, we we're talking about spam has been the focus recently. Um, and that came out of a conversation with one of our potential partners. And they were discussing how spam is being indexed by Google to a point where the spam is being more popular than the brand. So right. when people search the brand, the spam comes up first. Right, right, and right. now the brand is, or the, the 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 brand behind that saying, I don't want anything to do with Google mm -hmm. right. because it's actually hurting my brand. Right, right. So that's where Colin's impetus was for that on the spam is because they came to us and said, hey, pre-search, let's do some pilots and figure out how can we avoid these things and, and some of those ideas are fantastic so is it i mean i know that you're still kind of working this out but is the idea that uh everyone the users of pre-search will determine what is spam and what isn't or yeah there, there's and and so this is really like one of the fundamental shifts as well so there, there isn't going to be one index basically there, okay. there will be multiple indexes and people will be able to control which index they access and which filters are utilized. So it's gonna be A, a lot harder to game the system because there isn't really that one data set. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, there may be you know, a, an organization that has 
uh, either a filter or a data set that you might have an affinity for, you might want to support, and so you may choose to support them. And from a spammer standpoint, it's going to be a lot harder to pollute some of these different indexes right. because there isn't really just one. Uh, but then, yeah, looking at basically leveraging something you know similar to Reddit with you know upvoting and karma right. and uh, enabling people to basically curate and upvote and downvote yeah. uh, the information rather than have it all be done centralized and then have as part of that process really just this kind of tribunal more or less. So let's say you know something happens like us where you know it's an edge case maybe and and you get wrongly identified as spam mm -hmm. provide people with you know a, a way that they can go out to the community and and kind of petition their case and then maybe get a resolution rather than just you know hit this kind of brick wall and that's what happened with shop city mm -hmm. uh, there was no tribunal there was not it was in into the void right right so yeah well i mean that uh, bread necessity bread uh, invention right so yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about like uh, the part that, that uh, is most delicious to me. How do I get paid uh, to search? Because uh, I like that. I search all the time anyway. Yep. So, yeah, let's talk about the, the, uh, you know, the token part of this whole thing. Yeah, so uh, it's the pre-token PRE, and uh, you can earn them. Basically, you go to presearch.org, P-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.org. Uh, create an account. We really don't require much information at all. And then you can go in and you can basically customize the providers that are within the ecosystem. So by default, it's actually currently uh, searching Google. So that is the default. And then there are a bunch of other engines. And basically, we include any uh, platform with a search results page as being an engine. So it's not just a generic web search engine. You know, we do have DuckDuckGo. We do have Bing and others. Uh, we are in the process of launching the alpha version of the pre-search engine as well. But uh, it could be, you know, Facebook has a social search engine. Right. Uh, LinkedIn, you know, same thing. Uh, Amazon is the number one product search engine in the world. And so you can basically customize which ones you use. And then over time, we're going to be adding uh, all of these different options. So, uh, for instance, if you're using, you know, Trello or if you're using uh, any of these, uh, you know, CRM systems, you'll be able to deep search into those. Uh, and then uh, we're shortly releasing the ability to customize so that you'll be able to add any platform in without waiting for us to do it. Amazing. As yeah. soon as you guys get Alta Vista, I am in. <laughs> um, and so, then, yeah, basically you just search here in tokens. And then we, we have a, a bunch of advertising and, and kind of sponsorship stuff that we're launching as well that are going to enable people to earn tokens for interacting with brands as well. And is this uh, built on Ethereum or? Yeah, it's an ERC-20 token. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let me ask you this let's we'll we'll get back to pre-search in a second but now that we're into the whole crypto space are there any crypto projects that uh sort of piqued your interest while you were going through this whole thing and, and deciding how to build it out uh were there any that caught your eye or just personally that you uh you know you're really into yeah i i, I think uh f you know along the same lines similar models steam steam it really interesting model uh seems to be uh pretty successful and working well. Uh, BAT as well, basic attention token. Uh, they've got the browser and they're basically enabling you to support the projects that you want to support uh, through their token rather than seeing advertising, which is really interesting. Uh, personally, I really like Dash. I think Dash is an amazing uh, cryptocurrency. 
Uh, I mean, they just seem to be very well aligned with uh, my personal ideals uh, from a liberty and freedom standpoint, and they've got some amazing tech behind them. I uh, feel really strongly that they should get a lot of recognition. Um, yeah, those are some of my favorites. Awesome. Now, um, let's talk about Canada in general, because it seems from, from my perspective, and maybe I'm a little biased doing this show, but it seems to me that Canada is on the forefront of the whole crypto movement. Like there's all the, I mean, you guys obviously, mm-hmm. and Ethereum and all, and all these other people that we've already spoken to and hopefully will sp- speak to, fingers crossed, mm-hmm. um, that are, are kind of leading the way in the crypto space. Why do you think it is that so, much, so many Canadians are adopting uh, crypto or they think that it's the, the way of the future? Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, especially with Canada being considered, uh, you know, somewhat of a, a conservative kind of country from a, a startup standpoint. Yeah, we seem kind of risk averse, but yeah. this is sort of you know new territory for us. Yeah, it's 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 really exciting. I mean, definitely Ethereum, I think, has has had a huge uh, impact. So, uh, you know, the the creators uh, being here and. Uh, all the the leverage that that is really kind of given the space uh, capital uh, talent uh, I think has been tremendous I, I, I've always kind of uh, theorized that just you know the winter months honestly mm-hmm. like really lead to to a strong development community right I mean, we're, we're kind we're of stuck, stuck indoors, indoors for yeah. like seven eight months a year and it, it, it breeds you know a really perfect environment for just you know coding hardcore I thought it was for gaining weight <laughs> that as well um, but uh, I, I think beyond that, I think what is really exciting for a lot of people, I know definitely for myself, is really just this notion that crypto is kind of this tool to level the playing field. And, you know, whether it's, you know, democratic or, you know, something along those lines, you know, how, how people feel about it, that it's, it's kind of, um, you know, giving power to the little guy. Uh, it's it's kind of giving an equal voice to those who may be marginalized within the existing uh, system that's been established for so long and has you know a lot of uh, kind of uh, gatekeepers in place to prevent a lot of people who I think are really well intentioned and creative and have some some huge value to offer the world from really becoming like capitalized and funded and supported and i think that that really jives well with just kind of the canadian ethos of trying to be you know really kind of fair and just and wanting to to have a level playing field so i i think just from a uh kind of alignment standpoint uh it it makes a lot of sense and uh, just toronto in particular being kind of such a hotbed for technology and cultures from all over the world and being a bit of a melting pot i think it's it's like the perfect place for crypto to really thrive well so i feel like you're you're trying to do something that is a little bit uh not outside the norm but uh it's definitely interesting and a little bit subversive have you uh has there been any pushback at all from people uh kind of i don't know afraid or you know because a lot of people like to bow at the house of Google. I mean, they're probably listening to us right now through my phone. So for sure, you know? for sure. The, it, I mean, it, it's it's a consideration. I mean, it, and and that right there. I mean, the fact that you feel that, and I feel that, and we've had so many people say that. I mean, that right there kind of speaks to why you know maybe it needs to be done. And um, we definitely felt that, like you know, in the earliest days when we were looking at how could we potentially 
get pre-search out to the market, honestly, it was just like, you know, you talk to a venture capitalist or somebody and they're like, yeah, freaking right. You know, right. there's no way we're doing that. And even like with, with shop city, when we had that, that, you know, issue and it was like, man, we're trying to get press, we're trying to get people to cover it. And they're like, yeah, no, we're really not going to risk getting blackballed by Google, but good luck with that. Yeah. Until we finally found somebody who, who kind of broke the ice for us. Uh, so I, I think there is definitely a little bit of that sense right now. We're probably too small. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I know they're probably aware of pre-search in general, but at this point I think, you know, probably not a threat. Uh, you know, and, and truthfully, I mean, they stand to, you know, still participate at a really high level within that ecosystem if it, if it goes to, you know, the next level. So, uh, hopefully there's that, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I think with the whole crypto space, there is definitely an element of, of subversion, uh, that I think is, is really attractive, truthfully, uh, for those same reasons that we kind of just spoke about. I mean, a lot of the systems, they're flawed and, you know, it's the, the gatekeepers that are parasitic and they're they're extracting value they're not creating value that are being rewarded and i think a lot of people are just hungry for alternatives and something where you know they feel like like okay you know i can access this system without having to get permission i can uh, create and be rewarded without you know fear of you know being marginalized and with us i think um you know we've leveraged it i mean we kind of confronted it right out in the open in our our white paper and in our marketing and we basically attracted people who were like you know f the man kind of attitude right and that's kind of our earliest demographic of supporters and fortunately having those supporters kind of gives you some strength you know as Absolutely, soon as you're yeah. not just kind of that lone individual um you know, espousing some views that are maybe a little bit um, controversial or threatening to the powers that be. Uh, I, I think that's, you know, it's really powerful. And so, yeah, we're just uh, looking to empower other people who kind of share that same viewpoint. And uh, we, we've kind of been doing that already through the project. Nice. Uh, connecting with people that, um, and, and that's actually why we, we like Dash as well. Dash <laughs> is definitely along those lines. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's interesting. And those people have loud voices. So I'm sure mm-hmm. that, uh, if they've got your back, a lot of people are going to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, the one question that comes to mind for me is if, if people can kind of create their own indexes and fine tune the search, uh, to you know, uh, varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Is there any fear that some people might get caught into sort of like an echo chamber of only getting the results that kind of match their narratives as opposed to the results that they maybe should get? Like, you know, are, are a bunch of people going to start using this and think the Earth is flat, or you know? <laughs> yeah, it's the new uh, flat Earth index for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's it's definitely um, you know a potential issue. Yeah, I I, I think what is different is that at least if people are selecting it, they're not getting an algorithmic filter bubble where they don't even realize it. And then we're looking at ways where maybe we, we surface stuff like, Hey, you know, this is one of those, uh, you know, search terms where, uh, there, there are multiple viewpoints and give people, you know, a list of different viewpoints and, and kind of, you know, put that out there. Um, and I guess in that case, these people are kind of building in their own ignorance, like willfully, as opposed to just yeah, yeah by accident. Yeah. By accident, yeah. And, and I think one of the big concerns, I mean, in addition to the, the privacy side of things with, with Google and, and others at scale, is, you know, 
people's concerns that they actually have agendas that they are forcing and uh, that there isn't really, you know, that same free thought that maybe everybody thinks there is, that there is some type of an agenda that's being uh, propagated. And so with what we're uh, trying to enable to create, basically that, that that won't really be an issue. Again, there won't be one central index. It's never going to be like, oh, pre-search has a viewpoint and this is what I'm getting. It at least is, you know, there's going to be control. We, we see one way to, to basically, um, you know, engage with the community is to enable people. So let's say you spend a bunch of time, you get, you know, your, your pre-search, you know, uh, configuration really dialed in and it's providing you with awesome results and you, you can kind of put out there a little bit of, you know, some of your beliefs or some of the things that you're aligned with and people might be able to basic and you might be able to then share that. Right. You could then, you know, monetize it so that people don't have to do all the same deep digging that you've done and it's a way to basically compensate the people who take the time. And again, you're kind of putting out there actively, hey, you know, these are the things that I support and believe. And this is what you're going to be supporting and seeing when you're using this uh, configuration. So yeah. nice. A simple example would be I just did 20 hours research on a travel to the Galapagos Islands. Mm -hmm. And I've documented everything. And, and then I could, after go, say how my trip was and the the uh, travel company and everything yeah. out and then i could share that with people and they could like TripAdvisor rate it and tip mm -hmm. me for it or oh nice monetize mm -hmm. in some way so right it's curated lifestyles really, I, I like that right? so mm -hmm. and that's why we say we can index a certain lifestyle vegan for instance you can right. have a whole vegan lifestyle a pregnant mom lifestyle and mm -hmm. so these could be all separate indexes that you could customize based on where you're at in your life yeah nice yeah nice nice so um what is the sort of, what do you see in the in the near future for pre-search and what is the sort of long-term, uh, maybe pie in the sky, maybe not? Like what, what do you, you know, how do you see that going? So f I will start with short-term first. What are the next steps for pre-search? Yeah, so right now we're we're continuing just to build out our team. We've uh, just added some, some awesome talent with some really uh, deep domain expertise uh, in the search space. Uh, and and so we're going to continue to basically kind of build that second version out. Mm -hmm. The first version is is coming along really nicely. Uh, we've got a lot of the uh, core uh, systems already built out, and and they're working well. We've we've had a, a much better response, truthfully, than than we expected. I mean, obviously, you always hope for the best, uh, but I mean, out of everybody who signed up to be a pre-search user. Uh, more than 40% of them have stuck around to become daily active users, which is a massive number. Nice. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we built out, for instance, uh, like a pre-search results page, which was, was pretty elementary, truthfully. I think we spent three days coding it. And uh, so out of all the uh, people that utilize uh, pre-search, you know, Google is the default. So we give that to people. And then the pre-search one they can choose. Well, about 65% of people are getting the Google results and 25% are actually choosing the pre-search results page, which we're just blown away by. And so uh, we're going to keep really refining that model. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, you know, in the short term. And we're just looking to basically 
uh, get people signed up onto the platform. We launched a referral program. That's how we went from 13,000 to 150,000 in under a month. And uh, we're just going to really kind of step on the gas there, doing a lot more marketing, getting the word out. I think and it makes sense to start with Google and just give people what they're used to and then yeah. slowly wean them off of, uh, well, it's, off of it's, that. It's quite fascinating because I have a 15-year-old son. Yeah. And he's only ever used Google for all his schoolwork and so on. So obviously in our house we're pre-search so he's got his, his pre-search search bar and he's got google but yeah. he's got all the other search engines he never knew about before right so now he looks up his school project and he clicks google and he gets his answer great and then he goes and he clicks bing yeah he goes wait a minute that answer is different mm -hmm. well okay then he clicks duck duck go mm -hmm. different again then he clicks twitter mm -hmm. and he's getting all these different answers so he's like what's going on i said well Google's maybe showing you the answer you want to see based on a biased result or a paid result. Right. But across all these different things, you're getting better results. So he's been using exclusively for doing his, his essays and assignments so that he gets a better sense of what the real information is or and new. And, it, and he's kicking ass. I'm telling you right now, he's mm -hmm. just got 95 on his last essay because he was more complete. Everybody else had Google answers yeah. and he had this breath. Mm -hmm. You're scaring me. This is like 1984-esque stuff. It's totally well, 1984. It, it is to some degree, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. But it, because the toolbar is so convenient to use, you're doing things faster. You're being way more productive, and yeah. you're getting rewarded. And everybody's going, and then we went, oh, because we have this other thing we're building. So yeah. it's working just great. That's yeah, why so. Colin says we're doing way better than we expected. Yeah, so. And so yeah so then kind of long term i mean the creating this this environment really where basically people can create value and uh you know create and and discover information and and be rewarded i mean it's it's a pretty lofty uh, ambition yeah uh but really we we think that you know, rather than try to be the ones who create the definitive thing, yeah. if we can, you know, help rough in a framework basically and enable different communities to kind of self-generate and, and uh, coalesce around, you know, various components and enable, you know, these different cryptocurrencies, different resources uh, to plug in and basically just, you know, be connected. And then ultimately, you know, where the real value is, is, it's in the brand and it's in the the usage and it's in that you know kind of initial search field that just makes access to all these different things really easy uh that we could yeah definitely decentralize kind of that search power yeah and uh create more choice and uh just ensure that you know the system itself is set up so that it's in the hands of the community it's not controlled by any you know single individual or right. entity so crush google under the thumb of the 99 percent uh, oh if, yeah if there's an seo robot listening right now i'm sorry i love you google no, my I'm, name is. I'm just kidding uh yeah. so if uh, people want to check out the project where do they go i know you mentioned it earlier but let's let's hit them with it one more time yeah awesome uh yeah you just check it out presearch.org if you want to sign up uh, there is an info site uh, presearch.io as well I wish I had a referral code to give you guys so that I could rake in that coin, but I don't. Uh, thanks for sitting down and, uh, and chatting with me. And uh, if, uh, you know, when things come up, please come back and uh, let us know about it because uh, I love this. This is, awesome. this is great. Cool. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to getting some, some results that I'm, uh, I'm not accustomed to because I, am, I'm, I think I'm as ignorant as the rest. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. You guys are doing Thank awesome work. Thank you very work. much. And uh, stoked that uh, 
yeah, one more amazing Canadian crypto resource with you guys. So thank you, Crypto Connects. All right, guys. Well, uh, just sign up for pre-search. Just make sure that they index our podcasts and buns and all that other great stuff. And then Definitely. the rest of it Fun. is up to you. All right. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks. That's great. Thanks, man. All right. So that's the episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Shout out to uh, our namesake, Crypto Canucks. If you want to learn more, it's CryptoCanucks.com for all of your cryptocurrency needs. Also, if you want to check out PreSearch, it's PreSearch.io. Definitely look into it. It's a very interesting, very interesting concept. And of course, shout out to our mothership, Buns.com. That's B-U-N-Z.com. If you want to see cryptocurrency in action, download the app on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, activate your wallet, and wander around Toronto spending those bits. Thanks again, guys. Until next time.